Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 818 Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Chris Kostich. Alongside me, Adam Wright. Got a long laundry list for you today as a lot of things happened in week 10. We got the 49ers coming out, beating, absolutely handling the Jaguars 34-3. The AFC North is looking absolutely insane right now. Browns with the comeback win over the Ravens. Texans being the Bengals in an upset victory. And the Steelers edging out the Packers. Every single team in the AFC North could potentially win the division or even make the playoffs. Broncos upsetting the Bills on a last-second field goal last night on Monday Night Football. And, of course, Week 10 trivia, our Week 10 top three, bottom three and Fumble Rooski fan box. That's all coming up here on the Fumble Rooski podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast by Parity 8, Dean Radio, and Secret Weapon Consulting. We'll start with the 49ers handling the Jaguars 34-3. A great get-right game for the 49ers. Coming off of a three-game losing streak going into the bye week. They used the bye week to get themselves healthy. They got Debo back, and the offense got back to where they started. And Trent Williams was back too, right? Yeah, and Trenton Williams was back. The offense is back to what they're doing. The only real bad thing was that CMC, uh, CMC's touchdown streak ended. But that that's pretty much a, a glimpse in the past, essentially, for how well this 49ers the, – the one negative, and it's not even that bad of a negative considering how amazing that streak was. Yeah, and it means Jack. I mean, like, you know, let's go win a Super Bowl here. Who cares about the streak? Exactly. Um, so Adam, I would, what's the bigger story here? Are the Jags in trouble or is this just the 49ers just showed up to play and the Jaguars, this is just an off day for them. I think this is just an off day for the Jaguars. I really do. And this is just a bad day to have an off day because you were, you happen to be facing an absolute train in the 49ers who just got healthy and, we can see that when they are healthy, when everything is perfect around Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy turns into the player who we met when we when he first entered the league and won 10 straight games. Um, that being said, my takeaway is that Purdy needs everything to be perfect in order to in order to be really good. And you know, they wa- they lost three in a row. He looked like a completely different guy. Then they gain everybody back. All of all of you know. Uh, you get Trent Williams back, the best left tackle of our generation, and you also get Debo Samuel back, and everything's back to normal. Like that's, I, I'm a little troubled by that. Like now, now that the curtain has been pulled back, I can't unsee what Brock Purdy just was, 
and maybe maybe there will be another stretch of time where they face in, the injury bug again and he plays better, and then I'll say, okay, maybe it was just a coincidence. But I can't help but unsee what just happened. I don't know. I, I'd, I'm still going to give Brock Purdy that leeway because, you know, he was on concussion protocol and that game against the Browns, he got them to within field goal range. He, he still put them in a in a place to win the Vikings game. They were still driving down the field and that last drive. But, you know, it those last two games prior to the bye week, he, his head was all over the place, probably, in my opinion. So I think that those three games should just be kind of skirted aside just for now. Um, but if he does, we should watch for if this 49ers team continues to have injuries, then we'll definitely keep an eye on how Purdy does after that. But I'm just going to act like those three games. Well, those three games obviously exist, but I'm not going to think about those three games as much because of the points that I just made there with the injuries and whatnot, Brock Purdy not being in the right headspace. I think this is just more of, I'm I'm just more disappointed in the Jaguars not making this more of a competitive game at all. Yeah, you got the juggernaut and the 49ers. They got everyone back, and the offense went back to how they looked in week one. But I don't know. It's... You would have expected the Jaguars to at least put up more of a fight with all the weapons they have, but and they didn't. Yeah, I mean, here's my problem. Like, you have you have one of the better young quarterbacks in the game, and you're misusing him. He's he has one of the best passer ratings throwing the deep ball of any quarterback in the league. And yet you're still playing as if as if he can't throw the football at all. You're playing like you have Mac Jones at the helm. That's not the case. He averages 6.4 yards yards per attempt so far this season. That is terrible, especially when you have Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Evan Engram. You should be slinging it all over the field. Instead, you're scoring three points against the 49ers. A ferocious defense, but you should still be able to at least put up a, put up a fight. I'm not going to let the, ja the Jaguars off the hook just yet. They had a bad game, but... It's still, this is this is still something to look at and say, what the hell was that? And it's not even like this has been a one-week occurrence. This has kind of been going on for pretty much the entirety of this season. Calvin Ridley had a really good first couple weeks or the first two weeks of the season, and he did pretty solid, especially week one. I think he, he was on my fantasy team at that point. He had like 17 points for me in fantasy. I was like, all right, cool. And then I traded him away and he started to suck. And I was like, damn, that was actually an amazing trade that I made. But it this has kind of been an all-season thing where you got guys like Calvin Ridley that aren't being used right to go with your point that they're underutilizing or underusing the talent that they have on the field. Yeah. Like they, the way they have played, it's been way, way too conservative. Um, and the, and what I bring that, what I boil this down to is their offensive, their offensive play calling. So press Taylor, he was just named their offensive coordinator this season. He was kind of running it part-time alongside Doug Peterson, but you could tell that season who was playing, who was calling what on a particular play. 
when Doug Peterson was, was calling the plays, things were running much smoother. When it was Press Taylor, wasn't going so well. Now they gave him the full-time job. It's not working out. I'm I'm sorry. You gotta uh, you gotta fire the offensive coordinator. That could potentially be a thing right there. I mean, I won't completely rule that out just yet. I th- maybe that is the thing that the Jaguars need to do is coaching change. Who knows? We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the AF the craziness of the AFC North coming up on the Fumble Ruski podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast by Power 18 Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. We move on. Crazy times in the north side. The Browns coming back to beat the Ravens 33-31, down 14 in the fourth. The Texans getting the upset on the Bengals 30-27. And the Steelers just barely beating the Packers. Two interceptions in the last two or on the last two defensive drives of the game. Wow. So I'm a little out of breath. I ran upstairs to let my dog back inside uh, during the break. Ugh. But um, where to start, really? Where to start? Because, I mean, we, we could probably start with the Ravens absolutely collapsing in the fourth quarter. Or we could talk about the Texans showing up and C.J. Stroud with an absolute masterclass against the Bengals. And the Bengals' defense just looking just horrid against the Texans, allowing over near, nearly 500 yards of total yards. I think they, it was over 500 yards of total yards or total offense. Well, and- so the way we could start off is talking about both of these games at once because they were happening at the exact same time, right? Yeah. Literally, all three of them were happening at the same time. That's right. That's right. And when you look at when you look at the totality of this entire division, I mean, everything has just been ironed out in the last in in a three hour span, right? Like, so the the Texans lost. uh, Excuse me the 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 Bengals lost. Looked like their division hopes were down the drain, but not so fast. The Ravens blow a 31 to 17 lead, 14 point. That's two possessions in the fourth quarter to the to the uh, to the Browns here, and all of a sudden the the Ravens have been yanked out of the air, out of the air, and back down to earth. So now you look at this entire division; it's all decided by one game right now. That's only because that's only because the Ravens haven't had their bye week yet. Everyone else in this division has, and. On top of that, the cherry on top. The Ravens and Bengals are facing off Thursday night football 
in an absolute showdown. That's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. And especially looking at the playoffs in general, the Bengals are the lone team out right now. They, If the playoffs were to end today, the Bengals would are currently the eighth seed. Texans are the seven. The rest of the AFC North is in the playoffs at the moment because you got the Ravens in the two seed, Steelers five, Browns six, and the Bengals are on the outside looking in. So talk about playoff implications this early on in the season already or in the middle of the season. Not that this is early on in the season, but geez, this is this is pretty big to for down the line. Well, yeah, I mean, it has some major playoff implications here because if if the Bengals win, then they're in prime position to take the division here. Um, if the Bengals lose, they may be out of the playoff picture, and I think they currently are, but they would be they would be very much on the outside looking in. They already are on the outside looking five. in. That's the thing. But even more so than than before, right? Yeah. Because if you, you fall to five and five, you have to leapfrog three teams for the division and let alone let alone the other competitors around the AFC for the last wild card spots. I mean, you you could almost kiss your kiss their playoff hopes com- goodbye at that point. Because yeah. I mean, they need to win this game really badly. And the other thing, too, is that the Bengals are currently in a horrible spot right now because these playoff standings are also based on conference record. You look at the Bengals' conference record, they're 1-4 in four against AFC teams this year. They get into a tiebreaker situation with, say it's the Texans and the Bengals battling for the seventh seed all of a sudden. The Texans are probably going to have the upper hand, or at least right now they have the upper hand. That's the Texans and the Bengals had the same record, and the only reason why the Texans are above the Bengals, A, obviously because of the uh, the win this past week, but also because of the conference record. The Texans are 3-2 and two in the conference right now. You look at the other AFC North teams, Ravens are 4-3. and three, Steelers are 4-2. and two, Browns are 4-2. and two. So that could be a huge deciding factor for the Bengals. They need to start winning some conf- some AFC conference games down the road and it starts on Thursday night. Yeah. Well, it's it really is. So, um outside of outside of uh outside of this one game, it is a lot easier for both the Ravens and Bengals for the rest of their schedule. Um but it's going it's going to be something to look at, but this is going to be an absolute showdown and arguably um, the most anticipated Thursday night football matchup in recent memory. I can't remember a time I was actually excited for Thursday night football. Usually it's, that's where all the crap games go just to hold us over for the main course, which is Sunday where we get football all day here. This is, this is the main event. Uh, Screw everything else that's happening. The rest of the rest of Sunday, this is the main, this is the game that we want to see. It's crazy how last week the NFL tested our our fanhood with all the crappy primetime games. And this week, it seems like the schedule for this week is a very, very nice schedule because obviously you got the Thursday night game between the Bengals and the Ravens. And then Monday night football, you got Eagles and the Chiefs to end the week. 
Grand Vikings, Broncos, Broncos. That could actually end up being a pretty good game, but they're both fighting their, for their playoff lives, just in opposite ends of the league. Yeah, but uh, on the other hand, though, Steelers could put them. So they are currently in second in the division, and they could. I mean, ever since Matt Canada got down to the sideline and out of the and out of the press box, he's at the Steelers offense has looked somewhat better. Looks like that they kind of have gone the offense going a little bit. I'd still like to see them get George Pickens the ball more, but they're starting to finally get Najee going, getting Deontay Johnson going. Jalen Warren's obviously having a pretty solid season. So the offense is starting to look a little bit better. I'd still like to see a little bit more, but you know, Matt Canada running the offense, you don't really know how much more you can get out of them. Yeah, I mean, it's just that the wins that they have going back to the past, you know, going back the past month. So it was against the Packers. They're having issues themselves. The Titans don't really have to get too much into that. Uh, The Rams, that was their other win before that. So against the Ravens, that was legit. But you could also make a case the Ravens were not really healthy at that during that stage of the year. Um, The Raiders. With Josh McDaniels, not this other newly rejuvenated Raiders team, the Raiders of uh, yester month, we'll call it, <laughs> where you had J- D- uh, Dingleberry over there, Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, I guess, I guess with the Browns, they beat the Browns, but that was that was one of Sean's first games back, not one. He's, he was still shaking off the rust. I don't in, like... In general, though, the Steelers, they got two g- big games coming up. Browns, Bengals coming up. Two huge divisional games where they can get them... They can keep themselves in that two spot and get keep themselves in a spot to maybe take the division, depending on how the Ravens do. Sure. They could get back into it or stay in, in it. They could also fall out of it in that oh, same yeah. stretch of time. And l- listen, I still uh, just giving it the eye test. It doesn't look great. It feels like their defense is kind of carrying them. Uh, Kenny Pickett didn't throw any touchdowns against this Packers team. And uh, their lead receiver, George Pickens only had 45 yards. So it's still, something still feels off about this team. Uh, the game before that, Kenny Pickett, 160 yards, a touchdown, Lead receiver was Deontay Johnson with 90 yards. Uh, I mean, this is this is just not this is not the type of offense that I want to look at and say this team could win the division. Especially when you have the Ravens, who have been killing everybody, the Bengals, who look more like themselves since Burrow's calf has gotten better, um, and even the Browns. They, I mean, you have Deshaun Watson. We know what he's capable of. He, he has Amari Cooper to throw to. Their offensive line is really in shambles. It's being held to, held together by duct tape right now, but that's a team I could see beating the Steelers. So it's just a really tough division, and the offense doesn't – it just looks sluggish still. They need they need better leadership there. I don't care. I don't care where Matt Canada is standing in the stadium. Fire his ass. Yeah, fire Matt Canada, but as long as you got Mike Tomlin as your head coach, they got a chance. Sure. 
Sure. They have a great defense. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong there, but I think that's really what's hold, what's keeping them in the hunt here. That's that's the way I see it. I don't like the steel. They've just have been nothing special on offense. And I can't help but think about where they once were earlier in the 2010s when you had Ben Roethlisberger airing it out to the likes of Antonio Brown and the old Juju Smith-Schuster and also Martavis Bryant, right? Like, yeah. that's what I think about. It feels like a shell of that. I think Kenny no, Pickett I... can become that, but not with Matt Canada as their offensive coordinator. No. can definitely agree with that. Um, I guess last thing. What would you say your predictions are for the final standings down the road here? Can't put me on the spot like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, I'll put you on the spot. I had the Bengals taking this division, and I didn't even think twice about it. Um, I'm going to hold on to my Bengals prediction, but the Ravens are making me nervous because that injury bug has not hit them this year. And – Giving it the eye test, the Ravens have been pretty good. But I'm going to keep the Bengals. The Bengals have shown that they could win in big moments. They didn't win this game, but I think they should have. They really should have won that game. I uh, do not. I don't want to hear anyone say that uh, the Bengals have good coaching. Never. They win. In, they win in spite of Zach Taylor. Not Zach, no. Zach Taylor is an overrated coach. He's not a good coach. He's not. I have seen plenty of games that they have won that he tried to cough up multiple times. And I'm pretty sure every single time he did it when they were in the red zone. Like this past Sunday, you get inside the 10-yard line, you have the chance to score a touchdown and also run the clock out. And you throw it three times and give them back to him with a, in a minute change? What the hell is that? Yeah. They only had the ball with two and a half minutes left. So you could only you were only able to eat up barely a minute on that drive. You got inside the 10 and you threw it three times and kicked a field goal. Allowed them to kick a field goal. The other team to march down the field, kick a field goal at the end of regulation and win the game. That's what cost them the game. That's uh, I digress though. That's <laughs> but I still have the Bengals in spite of their horrible coaching. I am if the Ravens can stay healthy and not get the injury bug bitten on them again, I'm gonna go with the Ravens in the division. The Bengals are still beat up. Lord knows when T. Higgins is back. They're missing Sam Hubbard. I'm gonna go Bengals a very, very close second. It's gonna be like a game between the Ravens and the Bengals. Then I'm gonna go Browns. And Steelers, but they're all going to be, they're all going to be hanging in there with each other, though. That's the thing. Yeah. Moving on, Broncos upsetting the Bills on a last-second field goal. Where do we even start on this one, huh? I mean, Bills are so overrated, so overrated. Josh Allen. Oh, I don't even know where to start with Josh Allen. Actually, I'll I'll start with this. The Bills can't win in big moments. They can't win in big moments. Every time that they've had to come up big, especially the offense, every time they've had to come up big, I've, I can only think of one time 
that the Bills offense showed up in the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. And it was that stupid AFC divisional game against the Chiefs that Mahomes got the, down the field in 13 seconds. The Bills cannot win. They just can't win in the last five minutes of the game. I don't know what it is. You even saw it against the Patriots. Patriots drove down the field on them earlier this year and scored with under 10 seconds left. You look at some of the other games too, the Jaguars. The Jaguars game in London, they couldn't come back and win that one. There's yeah. other there's other times too. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. And this is a perfect prime example. You had the Broncos, no timeouts left. And they're running a Chinese fire drill to get onto the field and kick a last-second field goal to win, and they miss it. And DeMar freaking Hamlin is the 12th man on the field. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to get too much on who was on the field. but Regardless. I guess we can't get past that. We, no, you will not get past that. DeMar Hamlin sucks, and I will – I'm glad that yeah. he's back to playing football, but he actually sucks as a, as a football player. He's I'm glad he's alive. I'm I'm, I'm glad, glad alive. I'm glad the kid's okay, but he needs to get better as a football player. He's not I'll a good football player. All of his highlights are him taking cheap shots on receivers. Yeah. But yeah. I digress. After that 45 long second rant about Tamar Hamlin. Yeah. Um uh I think the Bills are done. They I are. mean, as far as their playoff, their as far as their Super Bowl hopes are, and we do have a host here, Robert Shelley, who had the Bills winning the entire freaking thing. Um, like you can see, like their defense is in shambles right now. Their, their defense has completely fallen apart, and on top of that, their quarterback just can't stop turning the ball over, and they still don't have a very good running game. It's not that I guess James Cook has been solid this year, barely. But he's he's not the type of running back who you lean on for their entire running game. They just don't have enough there. So looking at that whole thing, I just don't think they have the horses to do it. And he's still like Josh Allen's still having a good statistical year, but he looks kind of broken. Like there's just something about him that just feels off. He doesn't have that swagger he usually carries with him. And that whole, you know, that um, he doesn't have that uh, confidence. He doesn't have that chemistry with Stefan Diggs that he usually has. It feels like they're on two different pages right now. No, the problem is that Stefan Diggs should be getting 15 targets a game and he doesn't. And on sure. top of that, they don't target Gabe Davis. And Gabe Davis is the most inconsistent wide receiver two I've ever seen in my life. You're supposed to be a top two receiver for a Super Bowl contender. And you don't show up in big moments at all. Yeah, I, I'm not too I'm not getting too much on Gabe Davis because he's a wide receiver too. You can't What's expect you? too much out of him. But for Stephon Diggs, him and Josh Allen need to get back on the same page. You, this is your wide receiver one here, and it it just doesn't feel like they're uh, in the same stratosphere right now, and that's that's pretty important. I mean, how many yards did how many yards did Stephon Diggs get? I'm pretty sure he got like what thirty something. I'm gonna check right something now. stupid like that. Gabe Davis was the had two catches, fifty six yards. Diggs three catches, thirty four yards. He had five targets, five.
five targets. So one could say that uh, Patrick Sertan is a really good corner. Yeah. Another could say this is the modern day NFL. If you take one of the best receivers in the game and pair him up against one of the best corners in the game, usually the receiver wins and you're just trying to do damage control. But the fact that he, he got shut down, that's pretty bad. Five targets, three receptions, 34 yards. And the actual stats with Sertan covering, one target, one reception. Didn't get targeted at all when Sertan was covering him. Yeah. And if you don't – so if you don't mind, I, I would like to levitate towards the Denver sideline as well. That's, that's actually what I was about to go for because uh, despite us crapping on the Bills – also want to give the flowers to the Broncos. Russ had a really good game. Two yeah. touchdowns. I think around 200 yards throwing. Hold on. Just under 200. 192. Yeah, 20, 24 for 29. 193 yards and two touchdowns. And the run game was really good too. Javante Williams, 21 carries, 79 yards. Yeah. Three, 22 yards in total on the ground. He looks like he's getting better. His, his ACL tear is getting better. But it, it was 3.8 yards a carry. Um, and he, but like, Russell did this with being sacked four times. Yeah. This is pretty good. This is, team, this is no, I've the Broncos have always had good talent on offense. You know, obviously Russ wasn't a great quarterback last year. Cortland Sutton is a dog. Jerry Judy. He's not really been great, but on the defensive side, despite them having, Vance Joseph as their D coordinator. They started out the season horribly, obviously. They still let up 70 points to the Dolphins. No one's going to yeah. let them. No one will ever let them forget that. But they start, they're starting to show up right now. They were forcing turnovers last night, left and right, two fumble recoveries. And on top of that, two interceptions off of Josh Allen. And the yeah. Broncos defense has forced nine turnovers now in the last however many quarters. Let me let me check that real quick. Um, you can go on to your point while I'm looking for the stat. Yeah, well, the the uh, the Broncos have won three straight, and their last two have been against the Chiefs and the Bills, and also four of their last six games. So ever since they started zero three to the season, they've been they've been on they've kind of been on fire. So. Uh, the rest of their schedule is pretty soft. You've got the Vikings, who have been on a hot streak themselves, but I, f I find that still unpredictable. You've got the Browns. Okay, I can see them beating the Browns. The Texans, the young teams are always unpredictable. Um, the Chargers, that's a game I could see them winning. The Lions, forget it. Lions are taking that. But still, then you, got, then you have the Patriots. They'll win that game against the Patriots. You have the Chargers again, and then the Raiders for the second time. That's that's a pretty winnable schedule. If you have a winning, so you you're four and five right now. Let's say so. Out of the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Out of the last, out of the next eight games, let's say you go four and four. Probably not good enough. If you go, that's eight and uh, nine right there. Yeah, that's eight and nine. I mean, maybe you sneak in with that. Probably not. Let's say you go. Let's say you go five and three. So that's nine and eight. 
That's nine and eight. I can I could see them doing that. They've yeah. won three in a row in four of their last six. So they, this is this is a team that can actually beat anybody um, on this schedule here outside of the Lions. Again, the Lions are red hot, but they forced nine turnovers in the last two games now. And that's with Mahomes and Josh Allen as the quarterback of those two opposing teams. Yep. Insane. Insane. Yeah. So the I mean, the way I look at it, this the rest of their schedule is pretty beatable. So to suggest that they'll they can finish nine and eight, ten and seven, um, probably not eleven and six, but you could they could finish with a winning record, and a winning record in the AFC means they will be in the hunt for a playoff spot, which means we'll be looking at this Broncos team very differently this off this offseason. It won't be a fire sale where we're like just fire everybody, draft a new quarterback, trade Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Maybe we look at this and we say, well, let's just build around this. Maybe fire Vance Joseph. Um, add to that defense. Suddenly we might have something in the next couple of years. No, definitely. And I, I want to say that they could definitely make a run here. Um, I think the schedule definitely suggests that they could, definitely can. Is Sunday night matchup against Minnesota is isn't going to be as much of a cakewalk now because Josh Dobbs has shown up. Cleveland's not going to be a cakewalk. Houston's not going to be a cakewalk. Maybe they squeak one out against the Chargers. They just got the Chargers twice. Actually, they might not win against Detroit. They'll they, most they're likely not winning against Detroit. They're going to get killed against Detroit. But they're de- but they're um, definitely going to beat New England. They're definitely going to beat the eh, I wouldn't say definitely I'd say they could beat the Raiders they lost 17 to 16 first game of the year but that was the first week of the season this Broncos team is a much different team well, we look, we're, we're talking about all of this being an outside shot that just the yeah. fact that that all of these teams are beatable now to the Broncos the fact that we're looking at these games a lot differently yeah um in the chart the Chargers are a team they are so choky I just don't trust them no, I gave him a. Sh- I mean, we were giving our game picks this past week. I gave him a shot against the against the Chargers. Or was it a couple of weeks ago. I don't know when they faced the Chargers. Or they who, haven't played the Chargers yet. They have not played the Chargers yet. Whoever no. whoever faced the Chargers, who I who I picked, I said the Chargers are a little bit of a choky team. Actually, it was the it was the Lions. The Lions. Yes, they're. I just don't trust them. And no. This Broncos team's on the up and up right now. I don't know. I think most of these games are beatable outside of against the Lions. Yeah. They could beat any one of these teams. I'm just saying. 100%. They could easily. I mean, if they get hot, then they could go 7-1 and one for all we know. But we'll leave it at that. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have the Week 10 trivia. It's a fun one. I think Adam will like it a lot. Oh, it's a 
it way down the field to Watkins! Sammy Watkins for the touchdown! You are listening to the Fumble Ruski Podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. Chris Kostich, Adam Wright. It's time for trivia. Top five longest regular season winning streaks in NFL history. All regular right. season, not not all time. Yes. yes. Um, give me the New England Patriots in the t- early 2000s. Which one? Um, 2023 to 2020, uh, geez, tw- <laughs> 2000, geez, God, we're getting old, 2003 to 2004. They are on there. They are tied for third with another really good team. So I'll, I'll give you this. So there's one, two, three, four. There's really six teams in the top five. Two teams are tied for fifth, but one of these teams is from like a hundred years ago. So I'm not expecting you to guess that. God, is it even a team that's around now? Yes. Uh, give me the Green Bay Packers. No. You're very close, though. Okay. The Minnesota Vikings. No. I don't, think the Vi- I don't even think the Vikings were around back then. But uh, you say the Bears? Yes. Yeah. You want to you wanna take a crack at which years? No. Okay. But I'll try it. Uh, it was in the 30s. I'm gonna no, 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 no. This is over 100 years ago. No, almost 100 years. So yeah, I'll say the 30s. And it was with Otto Graham, right? I'm not sure. I I don't even know when. I can't even think of when Otto Graham played right now. But uh, it was the Chicago Bears from 1933 to 1944, 1933 to 1934, 17 game win streak. They ended with a four game win streaks and the 33 season and they went 13 and 0 in the 34 season jesus okay um and you said which one to the patriots so and you said so, 03 to 04 and that is yes. also correct so so i'm gonna go with new england patriots from 2000 Ooh, this is gonna be tough okay Ooh, um, New England Patriots from 2018 to 2019. No. Oh, jeez. Reg- Remember, this is regular season. Right, uh, so I'm trying to think well, 2018 of- 2018 to 2019 isn't the worst guess in the world, but they they also lost um, they also lost too, a few too many games at the end of the 2018 season, if I remember correctly. Yeah. That well, I was thinking about like the end of 2018 into 2019. Yeah, that's yeah, they, lost, I, they won like they racked off like what three, four straight after losing in a heartbreaker to the Dolphins, which they shouldn't have lost. Yeah, there's a lot of but go back. So, think, think the think of the early Pats dynasty though for this one. Early Pats, there's another one. No, from no, think of that. Same time frame that 0304, but before the 2010s. Wait a second, 2007 to 2008. I'll give you that one. It, Fuck. I didn't it's, so it's 06 through 08. They won oh, three, they won three games at the end of 06. Obviously, they went 16 and 0 in 07. And then 
they won their first two in 08 with Matt Castle. I would never have got I would never have guessed that one. That's and I I feel like I wouldn't have guessed because we think about the 16 and 0 season. Oh yeah. And that's what we think about. Um but that was so that streak was actually longer than the 0304 streak. So the Pats won 18 in a row in regular season time. So they they did break the record obviously because they won a Super Bowl in between that and some playoff games. But obviously this regular season not including playoffs. Um so you got two so you got both New England teams. Yep. And then you got one more team that's also in that time frame that we were just talking about. So another and two teams that are in the early 2010s. Okay. Two teams in the early 2010s. Give me the Green Bay Packers in the early 2010s. No. All right. The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. No. The New Orleans Saints. No. <laughs> Jeez, this is bringing the worst out of me. Oh, uh, man. Okay. Okay. Uh, Indianapolis Colts in the 2000s. You're right. Give me the years. Which years? Jesus. Give me the years. Uh, give me the years. Give me 2005 to 2006. A couple years off. A couple years off. All right. 2006 to 2007. A couple years off still. <laughs> you're going backwards. Okay. 2004 to 2005. Oh, wait, wait. You never mind. You're, you're, you're on the right track. Never mind. I, for some reason, I thought you said 08 to 07. Okay, 2006 to 2007. No. 2007 to 2008. No. Still on the right track. 2000. Uh, is this like a three? This can't be a three-year stretch. It's not a three-year stretch. It's not a three-year stretch. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, 2003 to 2004. You're going backwards again. 2004 to 2005. Dude, <laughs> all right. Oh uh, 2008 to 2009 is what we're looking for for the Colts. Oh, yeah. Um, they won 23 straight regular season games. They won nine straight in the back end of 08. They started three and four, and they ra- racked off nine straight, finished at 12 and four. And then the 09 season was when uh, the Colts and the Saints were the two remaining undefeated teams the Colts ended up being 14 and 0 and then they benched their starters for the last two games and so realistically if they didn't they probably could have gone 16 and 0 and the streak would have been 25 maybe more and they could have even they could have even uh completed the perfect season as well yeah. and it, that's I believe that's two that's two years removed from the New England Patriots, right? So that was just yeah. a year. Though this was just a time frame of teams with their quarterbacks just going on an absolute tear. So Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, a couple of times, Aaron Rodgers, a few years after that. Yeah. What the hell was in the water? What were they serving their quarterbacks? I don't even know. But um, think of think of Peyton Manning. So the Colts were number one. 
I'll, I'll list off the teams real quick. Colts were number one. Patriots are number two. Uh, Patriots are the 03, 04 Patriots are tied for third with another team. Obviously, we took away the Bears, and they're tied for fifth with another modern day team. Okay. So is this another? It's not another Colts team, is it? No, but you're on the right track. Okay. Uh, I already said the Panthers and Saints. Did you say? Did you say the Panthers? I did not. But now I'm saying it. Which years? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so 14 to 15. Yeah. Because I know they had a really good stretch uh, at the end of 14 to sneak into the playoffs. And then they went, they racked off like 14 straight. 15 or yeah, 14 straight. So Panthers are tied for the Patriots with 18. So that 2014 season where they ended 7 8 and 1. So they start. They were three and eight and one, racked off four in a row, got themselves that wild card spot, and went to Seattle. Yeah, I think that was that year. And then you're right. So they started out the season fourteen and zero in the 2015 Cam Newton MVP season. So one more to go. One more, jeez. Oh, this is painful. Ah, oh. okay. Who who had a really think of a very 2011 2012 Patriots? No, think of a very very historic season that happened in the last ten years. In the last ten years, historic season. Jeez, mm. just doesn't ring a bell. A very historic quarterback season. 2013, Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos. And I'll give it also 2012. 2012 right, to 2013. Right on the dot. 17 straight wins for them, tied with the 33-34 Chicago Bears. So 2012, they started 2-3. and three. They racked off 11 in a row. Uh, 2013, uh, they started out 6-0. and oh. So, yeah, Colts number one with 23. 08-09 Colts. 06-08 New England Patriots with 21. Uh, the 0304 Pats tied with the 1415 Panthers with 18 at number three, and the 3334 Bears and the 2012 2013 Broncos tied for fifth at 17. Uh, yeah, when I saw all these ties, I was like, uh, well, at least like we don't really need to do 3334 Bears, but it's it's funny that we even have a team from that long ago that's still up here on this list. Yeah. The, you, that, were think, you woke up in the morning and you thought, how can I give Adam a headache today? Yeah, right. Actually, I had this list ready to go yesterday. Oh, so you were thinking ahead of time, let's yes. ruin this kid's day. And yeah, exactly. Give him a massive <laughs> migraine going into his Holy Cross broadcasting. <laughs> Oh, you're doing a holy pro- holy cross broadcast today? Uh, I'll be I'll be 
working behind the scenes, but so at least I can drink some water while I'm sitting there. But you know, you, you on with Lucas tonight? I believe so. Nice. I'll I'll have to see what position I'm on. I'm probably I'm pretty sure I'm on a camera, but you know. We'll move on to our week t- week 10 top three, bottom three, starting out with the top three Texans, Lions, Browns, honorable mention, the 49ers and the Bears. I'll get to the Bears in a second. You're probably wondering why the Bears are even on here. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Texans start with the Texans. CJ Stroud masterclass. I actually predict predictive right uh, on Friday that he would throw his second interception this weekend and he did. But obviously that didn't matter. And, you know, a great game nonetheless all around. I mean, Devin Singletary over 150 yards on the ground. What? In general, just a a huge win over a really hot Bengals team. Um, Lions, good win off the bye. It also shows the Lions could get into shootouts and come out on top in shootouts. Browns, great comeback win over a hot divisional rival. That's easy enough. Okay. Get to the 49ers now for the honorable mentions. 49ers, a good get-right win off the bye, and they snapped their three-game losing streak. The offense is looking great again. Brock Purdy and the rest of the crew is off, is back to their normal selves. The Bears. You're probably wondering why I even have the Bears on here. This is why. I know. You know. Keep I going. know. They got themselves closer to the first overall pick. That's why. Duh. I like this. Listen, I I really I love the fact that you have the Bears on here as an honorable mention. Not because they played well at all, because quite frankly they sucked, but the fact that they're able to win and get themselves into a position to get the number 1 overall pick while having another top 5 pick in the same time, it's just insane to think about. And on just- top of that too, you got the Cardinals that are all healthy again, so they're going to get themselves out of the they're going to play themselves out of the top five probably their number one overall i mean their number one overall pick uh that they got over this past draft is the gift that just keeps on giving oh my god literally like you got you have dj Moore out of it you have two first round picks that could turn into drake may and K- and marvin harrison jr you just signed montez sweat to an extension as well oh man Look, if the we we thought the Bears couldn't mess it up before. If they mess it up now, then they really are a poverty franchise. <laughs> but then again, they they got their stadium broken into and lost a hundred mil, a uh, hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment stolen. So who the hell knows? What's Wait, what? Happen. Yeah, you didn't know that. I guess I didn't hear about this. Maybe I did. I just didn't really think about it. Hundred k of equipment was stolen from them. That's crazy. <laughs> Because somebody just forgot to lock up the stadium, or they just That's... don't have secure enough uh, security measures. But what, what kind of equipment are we talking about here? Just like pads and stuff, like football equipment, or just like stadium equipment? Whatever amount that adds up to a hundred k. That's how that which wild. is which is either way, it's it's just really bad. If it's a hundred k worth of football pads, then I don't know who wants. $100,000 worth of football pads, but all the power to you. If you <laughs> if you feel the need to go in and get $100,000 worth of football pads, then you deserve that. You, you deserve that, man. Um, either way, I digress. Uh, the rest of this list, I do like it. I like it. And the Browns, the Browns keep themselves in the playoff hunt. 
they've kind of been the butt of all jokes this season, but I think like we think of them as a sucky team, but they're six and three. Yeah. They keep winning games. And a lot of them have been with PJ Walker. Um, and even- you know, the, the, Can- the former Canadian football league MVP as their, uh, as their quarterback. I mean, they're just, they're just a well-oiled machine right now. Yeah. Uh, and Deshaun Watson yeah. also had a pretty solid fourth quarter as well. I mean, he led them in a comeback. Jerome Ford has been a great, a great backup in place for Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt started to get going a little bit. He had 32 yards and a touchdown, but Jerome Ford over 100 yards on the ground, 178 total for the Browns on the day. Amari Cooper almost had 100 yards receiving. They got David and Joku going in the pass game. Elijah Moore starting to get more involved in the pass game as well. Browns could be. Browns could even sneak into that two spot where the Bengals could be. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. Move on to the bottom three. We'll start with the Patriots. Well, I'll list them off real quick. Patriots, Bills, Jaguars, honorable mention, the Saints, and the Ravens. The Patriots. They suck. They just suck. I think we might have even just saw Mac Jones for the final. Not for the final time, but la- but this past week could potentially be the last time we see Mac Jones play for the Patriots for a full season. And on top of that, too, this isn't just Mac Jones. Bill Belichick, what are you doing? What are you doing? You put Mac Jones only had five incomplete passes. Granted, yeah, he missed some open receivers down the field, but the O-line was not giving him any time. Mac Jones was still 15 for 20. Yeah, he had one bad interception at the end there. But you throw in... Oh, my God. You throw in Bailey Zappi with the uh, needing a touchdown. You have to drive the whole goddamn field in t- under two minutes and no timeouts. What are we doing? The kid is cold. What do you think's going to happen? A fake spike to... And throw an interception and triple coverage. I didn't think that was going to happen, but I definitely, for damn sure, knew that Bailey Zappi wasn't going to drive down the field for a touchdown. Oh my lord! Oh, I just realized I didn't update the. Uh, I didn't update the banner here, but because I originally had the Ravens and the Panthers originally for, um, in here. But let me change that real quick. Um, so the Bills, we were just saying, you know, they're overrated. Josh Allen sucks. Too many on the men on the field to end the game is ridiculous. And that's a game they should have won. But seeing how they are now, they just suck. They just absolutely suck. Um, geez, I forgot to hit save on this. Uh, Jaguars just got absolutely ran through by the 49ers in a game that they should have made competitive and it wasn't even close to being competitive. Uh, we'll go to the honorable mention. The Saints, they are just going downhill right now. First, you have Michael Thomas getting arrested because he can't keep his cool for a truck that's not even on his property. And then... You have David Carr that gets hurt. Jameis Winston doing Jameis Winston things. 
Um, yeah, the Saints are just not in a good place. And the Saints were probably going to be battling for a final playoff spot, too. Well, they could still, but... They could still, but probably not anymore. They lost to the Vikings. That didn't look good. Like, no. Josh Dobbs and the Vikings. I get we love Josh Dobbs right now, but he'll eventually come down to earth. Uh, this, uh, the Ravens, though, uh, blew a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter to your divisional rival. That's all I have to say. Yeah, and I'm glad they're an honorable mention because they did they they are both really competitive teams. So if you lose this game, losses happen. There's a reason why no like why only one team has ever gone 16 and 0 and only two teams have ever finished a uh an undefeated season and one of them was 14 and 0. Like it just you're going to lose a game at some point. Um and they're 7 and 3. That's a good start to the year. Uh as for the Jaguars, being on this list, I mean, they got destroyed again, like a team that lost to another good team, but you didn't put up a fight, which is, which is, it puts a bad taste in my mouth. It does. It doesn't look good. Um, I'm not, I'm not worried about the Jaguars just yet, but a loss like that does not look good. They're still six and three. So give them some time, but doesn't look good. No, it definitely doesn't. It really doesn't. Um, Another team that I was thinking about throwing on here uh, was the Titans because they only put up – they got manhandled by Tampa Bay. But the Titans are just a team that you're not really expecting much out of them anyways, so I'm not even going to bother talking about them. Um, yeah. So next we got Fumble Ruski Fan Box. We'll just get it – we'll just do it now because we're kind of short on time. Uh. Bumbleruski fan box. We post question filter on our Instagram every Monday and you can respond with hot takes questions and more. And we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. Question of the week. Who is your dark horse Super Bowl contender? Yep. Adam. Um, this one was by Patrick Williver. He said, ain't no dark horse. We still them boys can take a solid guess at who that is well you don't have to guess because dem boys means the cowboys yeah uh, no no they're yeah. they're still a very competitive team i really like cd lamb uh we'll i don't know if dak prescott can win a super bowl i just don't know uh because this coaching is still horrendous um yeah i don't just we can we don't need to no. keep going into that one ian mulhern said the browns this was an interesting one Very. because the, the, like the Brown, like we don't think of them as a Super Bowl contender. And I also don't want to think of them as a Super Bowl team because who wants to think of Deshaun Watson as the Super Bowl hero? No one, nobody. Exactly. But the way that he's playing right now, the, they easily the way this team them. is playing right now in a, in a division where they are battle tested now and have also beaten other teams, the 49ers, namely, uh, this is a team that can hang in big games and can get it done while behind too. Yeah. Um, mint man. Ha ha. I don't, I don't have his actual name in front of me says Steelers, another AFC North team and a team that is six and three. So record wise, we would think, yeah. And their div if you look at their defense, it is pretty good. Their offense has the personnel, but it's not run very well. 
Um, and as long as it's not run well, I don't see them as a Super Bowl team. Um, Nate Sloat said Texans. And when was the last time? I'm pretty sure the last guy to win rookie of the year, like offensive rookie of the year, and league MVP was Jim Brown. Yeah. So CJ Stroud to do it um, is not out of the realm of possibility. He's actually having an incredible year. So I could see it. He's currently um, number two in passing yards, and he think I think he has the fewest interceptions right now. Am I wrong? I believe so. He has three yeah. right now. Yeah, and he is up there in touchdown passes too. Actually, he has two, but I forgot he has two. All right. Um, Grayson Mortimer said Bengals looking like themselves again despite the loss this weekend. Yeah. I don't fall fall victim to recency bias. I don't forget no. the fact that the Bengals have still looked like themselves, and I do believe they should have won this game. Um, so yeah, I, I'll still take the Bengals. Yeah, just I'm just waiting for the Bengals to get healthy again. Get T. Higgins and Hubbard back; they'll be fine. Here's this one. He could be a Vikings fan. I don't know, but he said Vikings if Dobbs continues producing once Jefferson comes back. If they do, it would be such a Cinderella story, but it's not going to happen. No, it won't. Yeah. Is that is that all we got? That's all of them, yeah. All right. Uh, any final thoughts before we sign off? No, I got nothing. That's pretty much it. Can't wait for this Thursday night football game. Bengals oh, yeah. Ravens, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be that's going to be fun. And we'll be able to talk about that on Friday as well. But that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays at 7.30 Eastern Standard and Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard. So that's so Friday at 5. Be sure to check out the Friday installment of the Fumble Rooski Podcast where we'll talk about the Thursday night football game between the Ravens and the Bengals as well as the rest of the Week 11 matchups. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and so much more. And be sure to follow our Instagram and TikTok, Fumbaruski underscore podcast, to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, from myself, Chris Kostich, and Adam Wright, who's currently not on screen right now, we say so long and have a good night. And we'll see you on Friday.